Just like that, we are back on the DNVR Broncos podcast. And also, just like that, Frank Clark is officially no longer a Denver mm-hmm. Bronco. The Broncos not able to trade him. They will release him. And just like that, Henry Chisholm back on the podcast with yeah. Todd Davis. Well, you weren't on the post game. Oh, okay, With yeah. Todd Davis, with yours truly. Henry, we got to get your take on uh, the 19-8 to loss last night. I don't really have one. Like, like I don't feel like I came away from that game with like any new information or new ideas or anything like that. Like, I guess the defense played a little bit better and the offense played a little bit worse. But mm-hmm. like, it's a football season. At some point, that's going to be a thing that happens. You know, I, I don't leave that game honestly with any opinions at all. Like, I feel the exact same as I did yesterday before the game. Your voice sounds like you've certainly been, yeah. been having opinions. It's though. been like two days where my voice has just slowly gotten worse. <laughs> and I don't think I'm like sick or anything because nothing else is going wrong. So I'm not sure. Well, last know. night, it's a weird thing. Last night, Ryan said his voice w- was going away and that what helped it was Breckenridge Distillery. You want to pop open one of those shooters? Exactly. I mean, I'm about to go do game grade. So, yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, might, exactly. as well. <laughs> might as well. <laughs> I mean, you probably will be grading the defense a lot better than you have in the past. And you'll be grading the Broncos offense and Russell Wilson probably a whole lot worse than you have. Yeah. I mean, you would think. And the defense stepped up in the red zone. Mm-hmm. I guess I think that's probably the biggest difference between yesterday and the rest of the season. Yeah. Is that like they they moved the ball between the twenties, but like and that's kind of like the the defense they've been running right without corners sitting back, like safeties deep. It's kind of a bend but don't break. And the problem was they bent and bent and bent and then broke. And this time they just didn't break at the end. So that was a, that was a step in the right direction. I mean, one for ten in red zone defense in the past uh, two games. That means when teams get in the red zone. They've only given up one touchdown in 10 opportunities, which is elite. (laughs) Uh How difficult is that, Todd? It is really difficult um, because, you know, teams do so much to get down there. It's a closer, closer space. So, I mean, it's harder for teams to score once they're down there. That's why I feel like when we do give up touchdowns, it's usually like, 30 or 40 yard touchdowns, yeah. not a lot of like five yard, you know, runs and things like that. But they played really good last night in the mm-hmm. red zone for sure. And when you're playing the Chiefs, the best you can do is holding field goals. They're going to move the ball. Yep. But if you can hold them field goals, that's how you start to win the game. Yep. That's one of those where it's like, well, the defense did its job, but we kind of played that game all, all year last year. Uh-huh. And so if the Broncos had scored a couple touchdowns in the first half, I have a feeling things would have played out a little bit differently. But mm. yeah, it is. That part of it is nice. At least it's not the. Talking about the defense today. I just feel with the way things are now, we'll always be in some sort of like one side of the ball didn't do their job, yeah. no matter what. Oh, well, it's better than the Dolphins game when both sides did. Yeah, I guess, I guess you could say that for sure. We're just in this like limbo period to where yeah. offense will have a good game, defense will have a bad one, or defense mm-hmm. will have a good game offensive bat have a bad one and it always happens like and it's just a young team who doesn't know how to win and doesn't know how to put it together yep. but I think this is where we are for right now and then the next time the broncos offense and defense puts it together in the same game special teams will probably cost <laughs> exactly. them the game it's just 
it's it's absolutely wild just how this team uh, i mean the the team says it every single week for what feels like forever is just we need to learn how to win uh-huh. we need to learn how to win we need to learn how to win and uh, really when you do. just consi- consistently <laughs> say that just means you don't have a good team unfortunately uh, the, yeah i think you can boil it boils down to that trying to learn how to win for what seven years now yeah, yeah it's, it's, it might be the locker room it is rough yeah yeah and i guess the other thing for the offense is that they really did get pinned back there i'm trying to pull up the numbers i didn't bring my computer today because i didn't think i'd want any numbers but here we are already <laughs> um but it did seem like i mean this drive started at the 25 25 then their own seven then their own five their own 25 their own 24 their own 25 own five then own 39 own 25 so like they ne- the defense never set them up in good position. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you'd, you'd like to see the offense start through, especially like the 25 is kind of the neutral starting point. You'd, it's it's just the starting at the five, starting at the four. Like even even a decent offense is, isn't going to get points out of that very often. Yeah, no, that's fair. But then the offense didn't help themselves at all, not just with getting points, but not moving the ball. The first half, 94 yards of offense. Yeah. 94. And I mean, it was that bend but don't break defense for the entire game, but specifically the first half. The Chiefs had 227 yards of offense. They were on pace for over 450 yards of offense, which, what does that translate to? Definitely, typically 30 points, yeah. right? Like yeah. 30, 35, maybe even 40 points. Um, yet, only 13 points given up. And really only should have been 10 points if the end of half situation didn't go the way that it did yeah. so that was the most bend but don't break that's the tough part i guess we'll probably get into sean payton stuff but let's get into it now yeah might as well so i guess we should probably just say a whole thing so he called the timeout after a third down they're about to punt with 22 seconds left yep. is that what it was and so there's really no reason to be calling that timeout make the chiefs use a timeout Absolutely not. um and i mean the chiefs wound up with an extra timeout so in that way it probably didn't matter like sure. things might play out differently but it does make you wonder about the play calling it's like if, if you think that that's like a second mm. and eight instead of a third and eight did you call that play would you have called that play yeah exactly mm. and i haven't gone back i might as well check and see what it is at this point but so that makes you that makes you question sean even more is what <laughs> you're saying henry not just with the timeout but and not just with losing track of what down it is but in the play call yeah i guess i mean it was a pass because it was a sack yeah but i don't know it you wonder if the play calling would have been different no it's a third down Mm. But so are you trying to spin it in an encouraging way? No. Okay. Honestly, that whole thing, I just don't even really care about. Like, I get that it's like a tough, like, it's a mistake from Sean Payton. And, like, is has he lost the game management side of things? Like, ah, I, potentially, who knows? Maybe, maybe he's rusty, whatever. The truth is, like, the Broncos aren't going to play, like, a meaningful game until next September. And so... Like this, time to work on things, it. like this feels like a problem for September, you know, oh, like I, it's not something that's going to eat at me over the next couple of weeks. And so after the game last night, we did have part of the quote, but we didn't have the full quote. So I just want to read that here. So everyone knows what Sean said mm-hmm. about taking that time out. He said, listen, that's a boneheaded mistake by me. They were calling one as well, meaning the Chiefs. I'm off a down. That was stupid. You typically don't get coaches saying admitting boneheaded mistakes and calling mm-hmm. themselves stupid, uh, but that's clearly just Sean jumping all over it to to kind of just put it to bed and say, "Yep, my fault." Yeah, usually coaches with really bad teams don't have the job security he has. Huh, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Like usually a coach who's one in five right now is saying like, "Oh boy, I can't make any mistakes, otherwise I'm gonna get fired." For Sean, it's like the just a very unique combination of like he's gonna be here a while and also. 
the team is not good. So he can just say, like, yeah, I screwed that one up, and there really aren't any repercussions. Except people making fun of him on Twitter, but I don't think he really cares. <laughs> no, he doesn't care. <laughs> I don't know. Sean's been active on Twitter uh, at certain <laughs> points he? this offseason. Oh, that's right. He did yeah, tweet, didn't he? He went after uh, Eric Goodman, a, a local uh, radio host wow. in Denver. That's like a lifetime ago. Oh, man. It is. I mean... What even was week one? Oh, the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that feels like a lifetime yeah. ago. It's uh, Being in Chicago feels like a lifetime it ago. Does. The last time the Broncos won. And uh, let's jump into this conversation. Todd, did any Broncos play their last game with the team last night? You know, this is tough. Um, I, I would say, yes, somebody did. I I don't know exactly who it may be. I think there's a lot of speculation around Jerry's name right now, but I know that somebody did play their last game for the Broncos. It's just the way things are shaking out. I think if anybody is trying to keep a job next year, you got to make some moves, especially if George Payton feels like he still has an opportunity to be the GM next year. You have to make moves to kind of secure that job. So somebody, if I was the GM, somebody has to be traded this week. Um, just a good business move at this point. Self-preservation. That's what the NFL is all about (laughs) at every single level. And uh, I agree with you, Todd. I think not every player that we're going to talk about, but I do think that one person, and I think you nailed it, I think Jerry Judy has played his last snap with the Denver Broncos. And speaking of quotes, um, we read one quote that uh, Troy Ring tweeted out yesterday of Jerry saying, my feet are... are you happy being a Bronco? I said, my feet are here right now. That's where I am. He did. Jerry did ex- expand on that after, and it was certainly not as harsh of a quote as it seems. So, Todd, I'm happy that last night you kind of calmed down. You calmed me down on mm-hmm. that, uh, especially <laughs> after hearing the rest of his quote. Um, it, it wasn't that intense of a quote from Jerry. But even with that, I think it's best for all sides to move on. I think it's best for the Broncos to move on. Why the hell is Marvin Mims only getting 12 snaps, uh, a, a season low for him in this game, getting no targets? He's the future now. It's extremely clear. So if you can't find a spot to open up for Marvin Mims, just move on from Jerry Judy. If you're going to do it, might as well do it now. Jerry's value isn't going to increase that much over the next two weeks before the trade deadline. Now you have a long window to trade him. And let Jerry, I, I think Jerry would be happier somewhere else to a fresh start so for me it makes the most sense if jerry judy is the one that's played his last snap with denver so all that steve smith stuff i spit everywhere um (laughs) started uh right right before the post game show Mm -hmm. so we kind of like yeah pregame show yeah so we got like a couple of like the what sort of happened but i went back and watched all those videos yesterday like when i was done writing i was like wait what the hell was all this because it starts with like steve smith telling the story Saying, like, whatever, I, I went to apologize to Jerry for saying he's a tier three receiver on the podcast or whatever it was. Um, he didn't accept the apology and just essentially gave him the middle finger yeah. and verbally. But, uh, yeah, and so that all happens. Later on, Steve Smith is talking with whoever it was again, um, just and they, they're right there, and Jerry comes through, like, dancing right behind the set. And then James Palmer our guy tweeted out like the full 90 seconds of Jerry, just like singing and dancing on the sideline, including like when he just runs over behind Steve Smith, like while they're live on TV and is just like dancing behind him. Meanwhile, like Cortland Sutton and those guys are like running routes right, on the right. far, far sideline. You're like, wait, is he not a part of these warmups? Like, has he already done his part? Like what is going on here? And then after the game, he's getting asked about it and just says like, 
I think he got asked twice, and both times he said, you know, it's a tough loss. Like, <laughs> we, we really want to turn this thing around. Like, just says nothing about it. And I didn't realize just how weird it was when we were talking about it yesterday, because there was a lot going on there. There, yeah. there was. There was definitely a lot. It was a definitely a heated situation. Um, it's, I think it's a tough situation, because I think Jerry would have a lot to say, but he can't necessarily go and snatch yeah. Steve Smith's mic from his hands. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So the most could I could you do imagine is like that? show up. What yeah. would Sean yeah, yeah, say? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think he's in a he was in a tough position and he made it Steve Smith made it very public. He did. And was able to say a lot of things to the media yep. and like you know, what's his he got to be able to respond some way, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and Todd, I think your your perspective was I thought about it a lot and I think it was spot on. I think Steve Smith was in the wrong mm -hmm. um, for what he did originally. Jerry's warming up an yeah. hour before the game, uh, focused on the game. Uh, no one, even if you're saying what's up to someone, mm -hmm. unless like you know you're best friends with them and you know that they're uh, not warming up right now, yeah. you shouldn't you shouldn't be going and interrupting someone in in pregame workouts. And then for Steve to then go on air and publicly blast Judy, yeah. probably not the best thing as well. Um, and then to me, it just Jerry, where I had an issue with it, it just showed a little immaturity after mm -hmm. um, going up to Steve and doing that in the background. But my biggest thing with that is just if the rest of the team was still warming up and then Jerry wasn't, that's what I don't like. Um, but I mean, to, to start off, I don't think Steve's getting enough heat for this right now. Yeah, yeah he's not getting any. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, they were cheering and stuff on, on the show when yep. they were sent back to the studio. I was just like, yep. I, I just didn't get it. I just like, yep. I just didn't get it. And um, it's just a tough situation to be in. I feel like um, he's had a lot going on throughout, you know, a couple weeks now for Jerry. And so this kind of is the the big, I guess, finale yeah. of the thing, but it just sucks that it had to be that way and then like that. Yeah, it, it's really true. Um, do we, do we, what are um, Jerry Judy's stats this oh, year? Uh, I just pulled them up. Just 222 yards. Through six games, he only played in five of them. 220, so he's on pace for like 660 yards. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's, like, I, he's in a tough spot. I'm like, I'm sure there's something he could have done in the offseason to come out and perform, but I don't know about that. But I, he's just like, I can't imagine what that would be like being a first round pick, putting together a couple decent seasons, knowing like you have the hot finish last year. Maybe you're kind of turning a page. Now you're like struggling, like especially given the opportunities. I think like you would expect much more given the opportunities, you know, 222 for a receiver is like, yeah, you're like an average receiver putting up those numbers. But if you wind up with 650 yards while playing starters reps, that's pretty rough. And that's just got to be tough mentally to go through. So I I don't know. It's best for everybody to to turn the page here. How many yeah. yards did Tyreek Hill have against the Broncos? Has anyone has anyone hit 200? Uh, I don't think so. Mm -mm. But I mean, just it's it's been really, really tough. And at this point... What are the Broncos getting for Jerry Judy? Um, Sixth, fifth? Yeah, they're not yeah. getting much. I don't think they're getting much, but he still has a lot of upside, in my opinion. Yeah. And if you look at the game, he had five, was it five targets, five catches? I think so. I think so. So he's catching the ball. Five and four and four, but yeah. yeah. He's just getting tackled when he catches it. That means he's <laughs> not being put in a great position. It's they keep like throwing those screens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, I mean, to start the game yesterday, to your point, Todd, he had two catches for one yard. Yep. Um, and the week before, uh, 
against the Jets up until the two-minute warning. He had three catches for five yards. Yeah. Total. Yeah. And I see him all the time running these routes that are like the check down or the outlet route. And he's like two two yards away from the line of scrimmage. <laughs> like he catches it and gets tackled. Like It's not what he he's does. A, he's a premier wide receiver if you give him the time and the space. So yeah. why are we running just shallows or he's like the outlet pass if everything goes wrong? Like, I don't know. He's not making a lot of plays. But also, I think he's not giving opportunities. It's not like he's dropping. Like I say, it's not like he's dropping wide open, fifty no. yard bombs. Yeah. Like he has a, even Marvin Mims. The shot that they're the shots that they're taking with him, they're not even giving Jerry Judy those same chances. No. Like, it just no. doesn't make sense. Yep. No, they're not. And uh, we've had this conversation. It seems like since Jerry's rookie season, mm-hmm. the exact same thing you're saying, Todd. Yep. It's like, why aren't we putting him in better positions? But now it's been so many different head coaches uh-huh. that. I'm not saying it's Jerry Judy's fault, but it the organization has just had so many different offensive schemes, offensive play callers that it's you're not going to get another one. Sean's going to be that guy, and yeah. if Sean's not using him right, exactly. then it is time to to just move on and give him somewhere else. Yeah, and it's all about scheme. I think for any great player um, in the league, you find a good scheme. I think you're able that fits you. You can play really well if you're in a scheme that doesn't fit you or you're not being utilized. You're not going to be your best. I mean, you've seen a lot of players switch teams um, and just not turn out to be the guy that you want. Or they go to a new team and all of a sudden Mm -hmm. they're just this all-world-class athlete. And Wes Walker is a phenomenal wide receiver when he really was a back-of-the-roster kind of guy. (laughs) He found a place that fit him. And some guys just aren't able to find that in their career. And sometimes they'll spend their whole career in a place that doesn't serve them. But you get a guy like Austin Eckler, who is mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. undrafted D2 guy who's not even supposed to really be on the roster. Yep. He finds a place that fits him. Now he's one of the best running backs in the league. Mm-hmm. He had the talent all along. You just have to write, find the right scheme. Yep. And that's how, I feel, that's how I feel about it with like 90% of the guys in the league. Yeah. 90% of the guys in the league can be really talented players mm-hmm. if they're in the right scheme. Yep. Uh, it felt like point. last night the Chiefs were just running zone coverage all night too. Mm-hmm. And for Jerry... What what makes him great is that he can beat man coverage. Like that's that's his that's that's the elite trait. Like mm-hmm. that's the reason he's a first round draft pick. And he can do a couple other things too, but that's the one. And when teams are able to just line up and play zone coverage against the Broncos and not n- n- never feel like they're getting picked apart or like it's hurting them in the running game or anything like that, it's it, it's just a tough position for him to be in. Yeah, and so many things, especially for a wide receiver, wide receiver, so many things have to come together for you to get the ball to make something happen. Like, there's a play, I didn't put it on today, but Jerry's one-on-one in the slot and beats the dude, just outright kills mm-hmm. him right off the line. Is he's that like wide, the inside release where it goes up? Yes, he's yes, wide yep. open in the middle of the field, sack. Yep. Russell Wilson doesn't have the time to get to him. Like, he can't do anything about that. Like, he did what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. He won his matchup. Give me the ball, I might score. But he doesn't have the ability because offensive line didn't be able to block. Russell Wilson couldn't evade the sack. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that go into a wide receiver success um, that people don't think about, you know, when they're talking about Jerry Judy only having five catches for 14 yep. yards. It, it's such a good point. And uh, we've heard about Sean talk many times about the inability to get open and have receivers get open mm-hmm. when they go against his zone coverage. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a spot where Sean really needs to get his guys in the building. Not necessarily the most talented route runners, not necessarily first round picks, but 
guys that just fit what he does yep. to be able to help him with that. Let's talk about another wide receiver, Cortland Sutton. Did he play his last game after I tell you about our friends over at FOCO? FOCO's got so much cool gear. We have so many things from FOCO on our set right now, from bobbleheads to apparel to banners that you can have on your wall. And if you want 10% off, use the code DNVR over at FOCO.com. That's going to get yourself 10% off. It's great for your office. It's great for a man cave, a basement, a studio. And that's also a great thing for a gift. And if you want 10% off, use that code DNVR over at FOCO. Oh, and also uh, head over to Primo Hoagies. Um, I still haven't been, but I was looking on the map yesterday, and they've got a couple that are around Denver. Yep. I can't remember which one I decided was closest, but I'm, I'm getting really close to getting up there. <laughs> um, they, were, uh, they have so many different hoagies because they have, they have like the menu, too. Actually, they have a menu. Okay. <laughs> but, but but I mean typically like you go you go on some like website for something it's just like a list of things, you know. Uh-huh. But like they have like the full menu and so there's like some pictures on it and there's like it's pictures. all organized. <laughs> okay, they look really good though. They look really good. I'm excited to try primo. them. I'm primo doing it. Primo. Yeah, they're primo. They're yeah. primo. There we go. Yeah. Um so you guys should go check them out too. And I guess really this doesn't even just have to be like an, an ad for people in Denver because they yeah, are all over true. the place. So um, Anyone if, in PHLY listening? Exactly. Yeah. So, like, if anybody's been uh, like upset they can't use Bax and Shanker because they don't live in Colorado, maybe Primo Hoagies can be your uh, your option here. Um, right now, they have a whole bunch of uh, catering trays. So, um, I guess the Broncos don't play again for a bit, but maybe for the Buffs game tonight or for some college football tomorrow, mm. you can reach out, go get a massive catering tray, throw a party, um, and they got locations in Denver and Centennial. Um, Order everything online at primohoagies.com. It's not I, just a hoagie, it's a primo. Boom, there you go. Yeah. Um, you nailed that one, Hank. I, uh, then why were you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> you got to make them entertaining at times, and you I did guess. that. Um, okay, let's. I, I think it was fitting that we spent the most time on Jerry because, mm-hmm. I, Henry, do you agree that that's his last game? I'd say, oh. Mm. I'd say probably not. I do think that it was somebody's last game, and oh. I think he's the favorite. Okay. But I think I'd, I'd take... There's like a forty percent chance, field not sixty. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, well let's let's dive into these other guys and, and go a little quick, a uh, little more quick. Who's the front or who would be second in your mind, Henry? Um, I mean Sutton. I, I think I think the receivers are kind of what everybody's been looking at. I know um, the other rumors, Justin Simmons, uh, for obvious reasons, like he's a great player, and you know, pick last night just proved it again. Yep. Like Garrett Bowles has had a great start to the year. Um, He's another one, but I do think that those are Justin's a Justin's like a straight up premium asset. Mm-hmm. You're you're getting a lot of picks, and I think that that deal might take a while to come together because you want to maximize that one because there's going to be multiple bidders and all that sort of stuff. With Garrett Bowles, he's a left tackle, and that is of value. Mm-hmm. Now, whether he himself is worthy of like a first round pick, probably not. But I do think that that's another one where you probably hold off a little bit. I do think that Cortland and Jerry are kind of the top of the list in terms of trades. Um, and Court, I mean, did touchdown last night. He just did what he kind of always does, it feels like. He's been a he's been a good productive receiver this year, and I bet somebody's going to want a big body to, to just kind of round out their group. So I agree. Uh, I agree. I, I do think one of these wide receivers is definitely done with the Broncos. Maybe... They decide to hold on to both of them just to see if they can drive one of their values up over the next mm-hmm. two weeks. But I would be shocked 
if they hang on to both of these guys. And I wouldn't be shocked if they move on from Cortland Sutton. And a big reason for that is, especially if they go young at quarterback next year and they decide to not keep Russell Wilson, they need to open up as much salary cap space as possible because Russ, $80 million cap hit. They could mm-hmm. split it up to $40 mm-hmm. million. Either way, tons of money on the books. And Cortland Sutton is a guy who will not be on this team next year with the current contract he has. And so if you're just going to cut him after this season, you might as well get a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick back now, especially when you're not playing for anything the rest of the year. Yeah, I think that's a smart decision. I hate to see Corlin go, and I think he's another person who is not really getting the opportunities. Like, I mean, just targeting him last night, he had a touchdown. He had a couple good catches. Then he got the P.I. Like, Mm -hmm. all those are because he's a talented wide receiver and he's hard to cover, so... Um, you know, for both these guys, I feel like I hope they find a better home than this. Even if, even Justin, like he's been yeah. here for a long time, he's proven himself. Uh, you know, I look at it as like these guys deserve better and deserve an opportunity. Like Von left and what got a ring. Like yep. I would love to see one of these guys leave and get a ring or have the opportunity to mm-hmm. finally see the playoffs for the first time in their career. Like that would be huge. That and is crazy. Hasn't yeah. the other thing though with the with the trades, they save more if they trade Jerry than they do if they trade Court. This year or um, not this year, but next year. Next year isn't Cause Quartz the fifth year option. Isn't Quartz, but Jerry's is twelve million. Yeah, isn't Quartz. You save ten salary cap though, like eighteen mil. You, I think it's like seventeen, and they still have to pay seven. They still so, have to pay so seven. So the savings you wind up saving more if you trade Jerry and keep Court. There you go. Which is interesting, and I mean, with those salaries, there's a chance they move on from both. Yeah. Because again, I mean, they're already thirty million dollars over the cap for next year, so yeah, I think something's <laughs> got to give. <laughs> Man, that's probably the better question: is are both of these guys, or is one of these guys on the team week one next year? Right now, I'd probably say no. I mean, everybody's asking for a rebuild, and you don't rebuild by holding on to a lot of pieces. I mean, yeah. even it's not a full rebuild build if you hold on to Pat Sertan, even you know, and and that doesn't Ooh. mean that you should do it, but I mean that's. That's the way it works. Like, if you want to rebuild, you rebuild. You get rid of the guys who've been on the team for a while. You you build as many assets as you can. So if they're really going to do this, that's what that looks like. They usually have one or two guys, though, that stay through the rebuild, through the hard times, and then out on the other side. Usually. Especially a 23-year-old. Yeah. Like, I agree with you. If you don't trade Justin Simmons and you hang on to him through the rest of this year and then next year as well— then that's not a full rebuild. And I actually think Justin's probably the second most likely guy to be traded. Mm. And Todd, a big reason for that is do right by Justin. Mm -hmm. And a guy that's had one winning season, nine and seven, his rookie year. And then he's just been uh, the lone bright spot. One One of the lone bright spots since 2016 on this team. He's an incredible person. He's an incredible player. He's an incredible teammate. He's excellent in the community. He's everything that you want him oh, to be. Oh, he's got the thing tonight, too. Yes, he does. Are you going to that? Yeah. Nice. Uh, not sure. Oh. Um. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, Are you but, going, Todd? No, I'm not uh, going. There's a Todd. chance. <laughs> Are you going? No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, shout out Justin Sting. You should go. What yeah. exactly is it? Um, I haven't even. It's like a fundraising event. He yeah. Says, yeah. Uh-huh. And just shows how great of a exactly. guy he is and great of a person he is. He's everything that you want your players to be. Uh, so then why move on from him? Well, if you are going young and you are trading Russell Wilson, next year is going to be tough. 2025 might still be tough. Mm-hmm. It will be. 2026 is when you hope this rookie quarterback <laughs> entering his third yeah. year is a star is elite that's mm-hmm. not ridiculous to ask if you hit on the quarterback the third year they should be taken off mm-hmm. and then also you'll be done with russell wilson's contract 
But then Justin's going to be, what, 33 at that time? You would have already had to give him another contract. It just doesn't add up. And so it's probably best for your organization for the long haul to move on. It's best for Justin to go with the team. And then it's also it's going to be a win-win-win. Whoever gets Justin, they're getting a hell of a player. Um, and they're getting probably a deal with Justin uh, on the contract. Um, and the Broncos also open up money, too. Yeah. You talk about all the all the craziness for the next couple of years and the salary hits and the and the rough seas ahead. I feel like George Payton probably won't be here next year, but I feel like he should have to stay and clean this mess <laughs> yes. up and have to ride away with us. Not just get to get paid to leave. Uh-huh, for yeah. sure. Yep. Maybe we'll have him on the podcast every day so he has to talk about this mess. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's crazy that it doesn't feel like there's another option. Because like we've had the rebuild talk, like do you just tear it down? Like it's been every year for like five years now. And now it's like, are you going to do it or are you just going to like run it back with a team that won potentially like what, two, three games? Like there, there is no other option at this point. Like they have to just start over. Yeah, I, I agree. Now, I don't think it's Justin's last game. Mm-hmm. I think they'll keep him to the trade deadline because he is a guy where there could be a bidding war for his services. And there's no reason to move on from him right now. Like you're not. He certainly is not causing any issues in the no. locker room where you feel like, okay, it's best to just move on as soon mm-hmm. as possible. Um, I think the Broncos get a third-round pick for Justin. I do think there's a scenario where you absolutely can create a bidding war to get a second-round pick for Justin. And, man, if you can hit on that second-round pick and turn Don't get it, Nick Benito. Um, exactly. I mean, that he could that that's not crazy to say that guy could be a pro bowler potentially and in the long run that would be best for the broncos i think i feel like i don't know if i just like the one for one you know we lose a pro bowler to get another pro bowler just in a year yeah like i would love if it had to go down i would love either multiple picks or or uh a pick and a player yeah you know because i feel like just going one for one yeah, we get a new guy and new blood, but it, it doesn't change the fact that we lost a good player, so yeah. we just got one more good player. You that's know? that's, that's mm-hmm. totally fair. And you're no doubt getting worse this year, yep. next year. And also, you might swing and miss on that second-round pick. That happens all yeah. the time. All the time. So yes. All the time. From 2000 to 2017, um, picks 31 to 40 in the draft, 24% of them became a Pro Bowler. 41 to 50 is 18%. 51 to 60 is 16%. So 61 to 70 so you're like, there's a one in four chance you get a guy who makes it to a Pro Bowl. One in four, yeah. Meanwhile, Justin Simmons is the best safety in the NFL. Yeah. So, so it's tough to lose him, but at the same time, like, if we're shooting for 2026, 20, that's three years from now, and he would be 34 at the end of that season. For a 24% chance. For a 24% <laughs> chance. Todd, you're right. I mean, there, there, there's, there's no pushback, and you bring up a really good point, yeah. and yeah. it's a lot easier to sit here and say, trade and get picks Mm -hmm. and then turn those picks into something when in reality if the broncos trade a couple of players and let's say they end up with three picks these picks are going to be second round maybe for justin Mm -hmm. fifth and sixth Mm -hmm. you might get one player yeah out of that especially when you take into that 24 percent, it probably only goes way down in those other rounds so you might get one player out of that yeah and that's just the reality that, that the Broncos will be in by moving on from these guys. But if you take away the second best player on the team, you also probably lose more games the rest of the season and your odds of Caleb Williams and Drake may go up. And you get the financial savings and the fact that you're going to have guys on rookie contracts. Like if you get three picks for them, 
even if they're late rounders, that's four years times three of cheap players. So there's more money you get to spend otherwise. Justin or with Russell Wilson's dead cap potentially. Yeah, it might actually make it possible to field a full roster. Yeah, and one of the conversations we'll have next week is looking Ugh. at Russell Wilson's contract and getting into the nitty gritty, what it looks like, who you have to move on from. Um, anyone else that we need to quickly mention? Garrett Bowles. Yeah. Yep. You save a lot of money with him, right? If you move on from him. Yep. You're the linebackers probably gonna do that. Josie. I, I think Josie's the one who stands out, just given he's in a contract year, whereas Singleton has two more after this year. So, but I'm not sure exactly how that works. I know uh, ESPN. Um, Gary Gary Barnwell? That's right. Bill. Bill Barnwell. <laughs> Gary Bill. Gary same. Brightwell, I think, was a running back at Arizona. Um, but yeah, Bill Barnwell, he did uh, uh, 17 different trades he thinks should happen, and four of them included the Broncos. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of them was, I think it was Singleton and a sixth for another player and a fourth. I think that's may, right. Something like that. Um, I actually have it right here. This isn't he great said, information. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I'm right here. Uh, oh, nope. But the fact he went Singleton instead of Josie, just because oh, I no, had no, no. Josie Here, Here's what it was. This is a juicy one. He said the Broncos trade Alex Singleton and a 2025 fourth round pick oh. to the Cowboys for a 2025 sixth round that's pick right. and <laughs> Trey Lance. That's what? yeah. That's an insane thing to do. No, I don't like crazy. that trade, but it does show uh, just like what sort of value you're looking at there. Which so there is more value. That's I, that first rounder getting oh exactly, exactly. like yeah. Dallas has already done. With yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I don't know. I it does make sense to move a veteran linebacker because somebody's going to want a veteran linebacker, and that's a spot where you have Drew Sanders there on the same like Drew Sanders doesn't look ready, so that makes that part kind of tough. Um, but yeah, contract your guys. You got him. You got Purcell, K1, who would have to get healthy before then. Um, Kareem, Kareem is another one who that would be like a Justin Simmons move in terms of like a do do right by this guy. Uh-huh. He's been with your team for so yeah. many years. He's given it his all, and he's, he's barely just, making any money because of these fines. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Is he gonna win with this team? No. Are you bringing him back next year if you're really rebuilding? That would really not make sense. So. I mean, this is a seventh for sixth round swap, but mm-hmm. you're just sending him to a winner. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we may, we may, maybe the, maybe we see more trades because it's just more so doing right by these guys. Um, but we'll see. Uh, well, the trades could come down this week, this weekend, but I expect them really next week and then closer to the trade deadline. And uh, something you might need to do this week is get yourself some Breckenridge Brewery. Check out breckbrew.com. They've got a beer locator. So if you're in Denver, you can find out anywhere to get Breck Brew. Or if you're anywhere in the country, you can find out the closest place to get yourself a Breck Brew over at breckbrew.com, the official beer of DNVR. And if you've been hurt or seriously injured, please check out our friends over at Backers and Shanker. You can call 222-2222 to set up a consultation. Backers and Shanker wins for Colorado families, and they've been helping families in Colorado for over 25 years. And the great thing about them is they're free until they win money for your case. There's no upfront fee to speak with them about your case. There's no fee while they work on your case. And they really, really do a good job working on your case because they have won over a billion dollars for their clients. They are serving all areas of Colorado, including Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. So make sure you check them out. Call them right now. Set up a consultation. Two 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 two. Boom! There we go. Man, depressing talk that we're having all week. Probably next mm-hmm. week too. But what is not depressing 
is the coolest segment that we do Ooh, each yes. week. We're getting the inside scoop with Todd Davis. He's going to break down the key plays in the game yesterday. Oh, and Todd's going to have the iPad this time, oh, too. We're really going inside here. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, we're getting a call on the iPad. Can you answer it, you hear? Yeah, we're down there, actually. Oh. Um, what plays are we? Henry, what play are we getting? I'm curious. There's that one that's going on oh with God, Damari that everybody's talking about. I'm curious uh, if that won't be in there. Todd, did you see that one? Yeah, I didn't want to put that in. <laughs> I don't yeah. blame you for so, not yeah. wanting to do that. Here's my thought, though, because in theory, like there's one blocker on the edge, there's a ball carrier. You kind of do want to take out the blocker and force the runner inside to help, like in a vacuum. Sure. Like, I understand what you're saying. And when you've spent like a few weeks saying, Everybody needs to stop trying to do everybody else's job. Just do what your job is. Mm. That's what came to my mind. Is like that you also throw in the fact it's like a third down and it's a quarterback running the ball. Yeah. You should just go get him. But is there any, is that possible? That's kind of just like a you. He should definitely have tried to go get him. But that guy's going to block you regardless. So even if he comes yeah. and just tries to knife in and get past your ten, then the guy's just going to wash him down. I mean, Pat Mahomes and the guys are going to wash him down. Pat's probably going to have the outside. Yeah. So he, he did the right thing by going to play the block, but he just played it blindly. Like he exactly. closed his eyes and went and right, right. hit with his shoulder. He should have used his hands, looked inside, and then went and made the tackle and tried to stop him before he got the first down. He just went and tried to take that guy's head off, and I don't think that was right. <laughs> yeah, like that's like if it was like a toss or something. Yeah. And you're like at the line of scrimmage, and yeah, exactly. just knock him back, force him inside. Yep, yep. All right, so let's get the inside scoop. So this looks like the very first fourth, fourth down. down. The Broncos had fourth and three from, uh, looks like they were at the Chiefs' 38-yard line. Yep, and this is important. I feel like um, when you're going to play big-time competition and you take chances on fourth down, you have to make it count because if not, these teams will put you away just by not being able to convert. Yep. So this is third, fourth down, and three. It's a very, very controversial i guess situation because we want to i want to bring up my man jerry jody he's sitting right here mm. and there's a lot of space between him and this corner right here yes yep. russell wilson is about to you know get some pressure because austin Chapman doesn't hold his block um so that makes him have to evade oh you hear you miss one clip <laughs> you miss one of my clips so basically <laughs> before this happens while he's still holding his block jerry judy turns around and sits right here and if Russell Wilson throws the ball right now, yeah. nobody that can block the uh, put their hand up, everybody's blocked up, it's a first down. It's an easy first down. As the play goes on, Jerry floats back, so he is now right. right on top of him. But he was sitting right here, wide open, and Russ had time. And because he didn't find him, you know, Troutman got defeated, and then Russ has to scramble. It ends up being a, a turnover on downs. But Jerry Judy is wide open. Yep. And he will get this first down. There's enough space. Yeah. Jerry just turns around, throws the dart, throw it low so he can just catch it, fall down, get the first. And this is where I'm saying, like, yes, Jerry Judy could do better, but Russ has to make this play right here. He has to be able to see him right now. He should be looking right at him. I don't know why he never threw the ball, yeah. and I'm sorry I don't have the exact clip because Jerry Judy is definitely open and could definitely make that catch. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, at the point in that second frame – Russ can throw the ball right then. For sure. And, and it'll get to Jerry then. And you can't ask for a better pocket either. The I mean, it, it's clean as right clean now. as it can be. And then another thing, I don't know if it was his exact same play, but a lot of times when Russ scrambles, 
he scrambles the wrong direction from yep. like where his receivers are and going. And I have to imagine that's probably the case here too. Absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, it's a three by one set to start. Yeah, everybody's here. I mean, he's getting pressure on the inside, and I guess you know this linebacker was coming up hot, so I yeah. guess he was trying not to avoid inside. So tough situation, but once again, I think he wouldn't have been in it had he just thrown the football. Yeah, and then just one mm. more thing off that. You said throw the football. Throw it then, but even if you can't throw it, even if you miss that, throw the football before getting sacked. I mean, throw a 500 ball yep. and have the Chiefs pick it off, exactly. and then it's at least a little punt. Something's um, better. You give yourself a chance. Exactly. All right, here we got a two-by-two. Two. Um, this is a first and ten, still in the first. This is a tough play because you got a clean pocket right here. You got The offensive line is doing their job. They're holding up, and this is the terrible play where Russ throws his mm, pick to Jerry yeah. Judy. I think what they're playing zone, so they have him bracketed, but there's definitely space. You got Mims out here who's also open on the sideline, but then also with Jerry, um, him and Russ have to be able to communicate better because with this linebacker sitting here, there's nothing but free grass right here. If he just sinks just a little bit to the left and Russ even sets him up to throw the ball here, he's wide open and he's still running with the football even to this second right now. So mm -hmm. I think it's just a little bit of uh, – misinterpretation of Russ not having time. Russ has time. Yeah. You know, they're picking up the blocks. Mm -hmm. Everybody's blocked up. Even even Miners is doing a great job on Chris Jones, which is a hard down. They complete it, and it's all on Russ to be able to make this pass, and he doesn't make it. He lets the linebacker sink back, and he's right there to make the pick. Yeah, and I mean, again, just another great pocket from the Broncos' offensive line. Um, and uh, just, Todd, remember that they don't throw to Marvin Mims. So oh, yeah. um, an open Marvin Mims is a covered Marvin Mims. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is a play that we kind of talked about yesterday. Um, this is where you have stacked. They're in man-to-man, -man, everybody's man. Then you have a whole player in Josie. Hill. So he's sitting in the middle of the field to either cut and take stuff or hit guys off their route so that guys that are tra trailing them can get back on them um, as they travel across the field. This is just poor alignment and technique. I mean, you got two young corners right here that don't understand outside leverage. You have Justin Simmons over the top, and you have Josie Jewell inside for anything low. So you guys should both be lined up outside. Mm -hmm. You guys should be playing first, first up and first out. So whoever goes up first, he'll take. The inside man will take. And whoever's outside will take the first outside. And you see this very simple rub route. It's not even a really a rub route. He should be lined up out here just waiting for this. Look at Josie. Mm -hmm. yeah. If that guy runs a slant anything in, Josie will knock his head yeah. off. Like, yeah. he's he's just poorly aligned, and that's what Dang. ruins this whole play is because it's a great call by Vance, so now we can't blame Vance. Yep. But they're going to blame Vance because they don't <laughs> understand the defense. <laughs> right. It's a perfect call for this play. Like, if you want to call a play against this play, you call this one. You have two outside break outside. So this guy runs a seven. He's outside. He's running to him. This guy runs out. He's outside. He's running to him. You got Justin Simmons in the middle, Jer uh, Josie Jewell inside. It's the perfect call. Yeah. But because guys aren't aligned right, it ends up in a touchdown, and it's just now you're pointing the blame on different guys when it's really just guys not aligning and doing their job. Yep. Uh, Todd, how frustrated do you think uh, Vance is in the meetings today looking at this? Super frustrated because you make, you make your job hard. Like, if you just line up outside – you may take five steps that play. He's mm -hmm. going to literally turn right into you, yep. and you just kind of, yeah. like, stand there. Yeah. It's a very easy down mm -hmm. for you. Like, he's extremely pissed because I set you up. I gave you everything you need to succeed, yeah. and you, like, you still fail. Like, yep. I don't know what to do at that point. Right, yep. right. And, and, Todd, I don't 
clearly know nearly as much as you, but just looking at how much space was on the outside, it seemed like clearly that's where the Chiefs wanted to go with that. So you would think just naturally you'd want to be on the outside on top of that's what the defense is called and what you're supposed to do. Exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah, here you gave me the wrong play. Oh, yeah. This next yeah. one. Here. This was supposed to be that wow. pass to Cortland. He had a sideline catch. Oh, okay. Should okay. we trade you here? Is he on the trade? <laughs> wow. What, 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 what would we get for him? Uh, probably Trey not Lance? much. Oh, dang. We might <laughs> trade Lance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, doing it for, we're doing it for you. We're taking taking care of you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, boy. You're going to a winning beat? <laughs> exactly. Well, this is a good Come play by Cortland. I think that you give him a chance, you give him an opportunity. He's a big body wide receiver, mm -hmm. and you just toss it up to him. You got to give him an opportunity to make these plays. He made a play in the Miami game. They didn't challenge. He made this one. Yeah. He makes plays when you give him opportunities, and he's going against some good corners. These corners have been playing really good football yeah. for the last couple of weeks. Um, so... You know, hats off to Cortland for making this play, and they just got to give him opportunities, man. This is not anything new for Cortland. This is not something he can't repeat. This is what he did at SMU. This is what he did early in his career. Yep. They have to use him this way. That's we've, why they drafted him. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. We've stopped really harping on this, just throw the ball to Court, throw, throw it up, up to him. We stopped harping on it because they stopped doing that two years ago. Yep. And they just, it's like, okay, I guess they're just never going to do it. We'll stop saying it. Like, if they never throw to Marvin Mims for the next two years, I guess I'll stop complaining about it. I'll just be like, <laughs> they're just never going to do it. It's not going to happen. But they threw the ball to court deep. And when I say deep, I mean like 15 or more yards, three times yesterday. Uh -huh. One was a catch uh, near the end of the game for 15, 20 yards. The other was this, an incredible touchdown catch, and the other drew a pass interference. Yeah. yeah. You're three for three. Exactly. Do, doing that. They didn't do it a fourth time. They didn't do it. If, that, if you are doing that, I mean, think about elite receivers who uh, have success when you throw them the ball. They don't get three, four, five targets in a game. Yep. They get 15. They get 11 consistently like that. Exactly. Absolutely. And they need to target him more. Even on the pass that he caught that I was going to show – Cortland was open from the time he came off the line. The corner was playing a squat corner, and he ran like a seven route to the outside. Like, he could have thrown it at any time and had him open and allowed him to run. Instead, it was like a 14-yard pass because he threw it right on the sideline. Mm -hmm. But yep. throw that at the top of his route. Like, yeah. he, there's nothing but space. He's been open since the ball. <laughs> like, just based on the defense, he's been open. Like, I feel like he has to give him the ball and every other yep. player the ball and better opportunities for them to – continue to make big plays yep absolutely caleb um i bet we say his name once at least once a pod until they potentially draft him and if That'd you want to watch caleb williams this week as your broncos watch for fun they're playing notre dame tomorrow mm. and over at bet 365 usc with the best quarterback in the country sorry shadur is an underdog Playing Notre Dame, who's just, they are massive choke artists. And uh, USC's defense isn't very exactly. good, but give me Caleb Williams and the underdogs oh. to win tomorrow. You can get plus money over at Bet365 and uh, also see you playing tonight. Henry, I know you're all over this game. See you is minus 12 and a half. Do you like that? No. I didn't think <laughs> no, you did. No. I didn't think you did. No. Even the though, magic is kind of worn off just a little bit. Even though. Sac State beat Stanford. 
Wait, wait, what are you trying to say about Sac State? <laughs> Sac State's great. Yeah. There we go. Like, that's what we, I was ex- to say we expected that. <laughs> yeah, that's we I called that one. I made money. That one was an obvious one. Who has a better record between your schools? Probably mine. <laughs> Five and one. I think we are too. Yeah. Uh, well, are you guys, where do you guys rank? Uh oh, I didn't see this week. I think it was fifteen last week, seventeen last okay. week. How big I think of we a lost fan are you? NAU. Oh, I don't just I look at the. I don't their care games. what the rankings are. Yeah. What? What? The rankings. This, the isn't, this are. isn't like your college football. Like this is mm. you're like you. You're trying to win the big sky, go to the playoffs. Uh-huh. Like you don't. The the rankings aren't quite as. That's fair. They don't mean as much. Just got to yeah. be good enough. Right. And you don't trust all these coaches, honestly. I don't. <laughs> they don't watch as much as they probably should. That's that's probably true. Um, so yeah, if you that want game to- is only a couple weeks away though. Bye week, Montana Sac State. Oh, that's the bye week? That's the bye week. Wow. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. Man, where is it? Missoula. Mm. You know, come in there and whoop y'all again. <laughs> yeah, we'll <laughs> see about we that. We'll we might have, have to have a watch party for that or bet. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a little bet. I love that. And if you want to bet, go over to Bet365. Use the code DNVR when you sign up in order to get all of the offers that they've, go- get, they've got going on. So use that code DNVR365 at sign up over at Bet365. Must be 21 and older, physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, and also, uh, nope, that's, oh, it. that's it. That's it. Oh, because I, I saw it because I went to Alabama. I was like, oh, that must be a second one. Oh, yeah. And I yeah, rolled yeah. up and I was like, no, wait, back easy, to Jenkins. Easy. We're all, it's a weekend, wow. man. We're, 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 we're just taking it off wow. now. Yeah, that's we're crazy. rolling into the weekend right now. And speaking of, let's talk to the people before we get out of here. You hear, do we have any super chats? We do. We got Himothy coming in and he says, I really like Drake. He looks just like Herbert, and don't forget Sean wanted to coach Herbert before taking the Broncos job. First, I thought we were talking about Drake the Rapper. Oh. I was very confused. <laughs> He's talking about Drake May, yes. not uh, instead of Caleb Williams. Drake May definitely reminds me of Justin Herbert. The thing is, Caleb Williams reminds me of Patrick Mahomes. And, yes. and one of those guys you want more than the other. Yeah, and, yeah. It's true. And I don't know if Justin Herbert is uh, going to win anything in his career. I think he's a talented quarterback, exactly. but I don't know if he's the guy to really take you to the Super Bowl. Philip Rivers too. Exactly. Rivers too. Yes. <laughs> lead the league, lead the league in passing, have a yep. phenomenal career, yep. but yep. it never transpires into a championship. What was yep. it like going up against Philip Rivers? I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to worry about this guy escaping the pocket. He's gonna sit in <laughs> yep. there as long as you cover your guy for like three or four seconds. We'll probably get a sack. Yep. Have a good day. What was it like going up against him with uh, just how unique he was as a person? Um, he was interesting. He was interesting. He, um, you know, didn't really cuss. He liked to say like mother flubber or something like that. (laughs) So he was very unique. Um, but he was a good player, man. I think the hardest thing was like Antonio Gates and those guys. Like yeah. Antonio yeah. was uh, was a, a tough cover, but I've heard. you know you got to step up to the plate. Yeah. Exactly. Coastal Damian, yes. I was blessed. <laughs> yeah, yes. Ladanian, I just was watching highlights of him, like. They're talking about like kids don't really understand like who the Damon and Thompson was. Like he was a beast. Yeah, like yeah. he was a dog for sure. Yeah. And I mean, uh, one of the things that that the only reason I've heard Ladanian Thompson's name recently is because Christian McCaffrey is creeping up on on oh, okay. Tomlinson's touchdown record, where yep. I think he scored like a touchdown in 18 straight games. Mm-hmm. And what Christian's done so far, 14 straight, is incredible. And yeah. uh, but the fact that LT did it, I mean, it's just like, uh, or not LT. Uh, yeah, no. 
Yeah, LT did it. Works. Um, is just uh, did it to 18 is nuts, and I feel like he's not talked about enough. I agree. No, he's definitely yeah. not. It kind of makes me feel like maybe some of those old heads that like to bring up old football players, they may know what they're talking <laughs> about because we weren't allowed to see it. <laughs> yep. and we got guys that like, look, you guys don't even know about this yeah, guy. Yeah. Like, exactly. Now we're those old heads. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I wonder who that's going to be with this Broncos team. With this, Bron- Todd Davis. He was I'll the last Broncos. <laughs> That's true. Like, yeah, I, you you would want to be associated with like the Super yeah, Bowl yeah, Fifty yeah, Broncos, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, Broncos yeah, for team. sure. Um, man, it's I tough mean, when they've been so bad. Justin, uh, yeah, would be, he would might be that be, yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. You guys um, wouldn't believe how good Justin Simmons was. Yeah, and yeah. they'll be like, what? He never made the playoffs. Like, uh, two, three time Pro Bowler, one yeah. team All Pro, and it's like, well, yeah, it's because he was on a, a terrible, terrible team. team. Yep. And you're just simply not going to get those awards as much as you should exactly. when you're on a bad team. Yeah. That's um, a shame. But so one of the things that Ryan said last night, and mm-hmm. I want your take on this, is he said this isn't a tank for Caleb or Drake May. It's not tanking for one of the two picks. It's only tanking for the top pick because he just doesn't believe in Drake May that much. Do you agree? I mean, I haven't dug too deep into it. Um so I trust him. He watches way more college football than me. I know I've seen all the like Drake May highlights, and he does some ridiculous things. Like he might even be more Josh Allen than Justin Herbert, honestly. Um, just with like the size and the strength and the ability to run, and just like Justin Herbert has a big arm, but Josh Allen has a massive arm. Like it's something crazy. And Drake May has some of those sorts of things too. Um, but yeah, I mean Caleb Williams, it's it's every week that he has four four highlights. We're just like, how did you just? circle all these different guys and then roll out and then just bang hit this other guy like he's he's special like Mm -hmm. he's there's a reason he's seen as like a generational prospect whereas drake may is like a really good quarterback that's fair he'd be number one in a lot of drafts so i mean if you really yeah as of now and that's the other thing is we still have we're not even halfway through the season it's like what were we saying about sam howell the unc quarterback before drake may coming into his senior year he was the number one pick and afterward, what was your fifth round pick? Yeah, fourth, I think. Fourth, yeah. So there's still there's still time for all this to play out. But yeah, Caleb Williams just looks like like there's a chance he's just Patrick Mahomes. Man, and maybe that's a, the comparison. You get Patrick Mahomes with the first pick. You get Justin Herbert with the second pick. You're yeah. happy with both, but you're absolutely over the moon with one and, and not the yeah. other. And, you know, I said last week that I'm not, I'm not buying the first overall pick stuff yet. Just because, like, there's so many teams who are still in the running right now. Um, I w- last night though, it did kind of hit me like, okay, one in five, you're not far off. Mm-hmm. And if they're if they're one in seven at the buy, like you are, you are right there. Like there's there's probably if you're one in seven at the buy, there's probably like a 50-50 chance, maybe a thirty three percent chance you get the number one pick. Yeah, I bet they win this game. I bet. I hope not. I bet they. I bet uh, they. I bet they I, yeah. That scares me because I think he might be right. Mm-hmm. And it's really the first time, like, I wanted them to beat the Chiefs because mm-hmm. then you don't have to talk about the streak ever again. And it's the Chiefs. But, like, this is the first time where it's, like, actually, please lose this You're game. You're scared for them to win. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> yeah. Because they're going to lose to the Chiefs yes. the, the next week. Um, and, in fact, that one might not even be close. Um, but now there's just no benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah. scared that they're going to win, which is crazy to say. Um, just looking at it now. There's one team with zero wins. There's six teams with one win. And there's, I think it's, is it eight? It's 10 teams. It's 10 teams with two wins. So that's what you're looking at. There's 17 teams that are right there. Um, and you look at it and say like, okay, there's, 
seven with one win or less call it like a one in eight chance then since of all the two win teams that's probably still a little optimistic but that's how i see it now is there's like probably a little less than a one in eight chance call it like a 10 percent chance right now that they're getting the number one pick. Maybe they have a little better of a chance, though, because they have the hardest strength of schedule remaining. And no, they, that was before yesterday. Now they're 20th. 20th? Wow. Because the Chiefs, you take them out. Okay. Yeah, yeah you take and, them out for one game. But he, here's another optimistic mm-hmm. thing. Those other six one-win teams all have an opportunity to win a game that is this true. weekend. That is the true. the Broncos don't. And where it sits right now, Broncos have the number two overall pick. Yeah. Now, they did get a head start on the other teams by losing yesterday, yep. but number two overall pick right now. And the tiebreaker is the strength of schedule. Yeah. And so right now, um, the so it's a team with the easiest schedule gets the earliest pick yep. because you did you were bad against worse teams. Um, and so right now, that'd be like of all the teams up there with one win, Chicago has the easiest schedule. Um, and then second easiest is the Broncos. So... Like, good. It's actually better for us. Yeah, exactly. So what you want to do if you're cheering for the number one pick is obviously cheer for the other bad teams, but also cheer against every team on the Broncos schedule. And the divisional games count twice because they're on there twice. So like a Chiefs loss is worth double a Browns loss, for example. Except for the Raiders. Don't cheer for them to lose. Because they could also cheer be Cheer for them to win. Which we're, we're like a month ahead of schedule with this talk, but... Oh, we if, should if be like be there. three months ahead of schedule on this side. We should oh, be. Yeah. I can't believe it. I can't yeah. believe it. And we've got one more comment on the website coming in from our battle. Luke says, I am excited. We might get the first overall pick. We've never done that before. Even if Russ wasn't the problem, Caleb is, par- Caleb is part of the answer. We need to accept that we suck everywhere, and we can get better as impactfully as we can. That of course, starts with the quarterback. I also think we need to rethink what we look for in receivers. Divas are great when you can maximize them, but we need dogs, hungry dudes who can block in the run game and absolutely attack any ball thrown to them. Physical guys who want to make the most out of their opportunity. Hungry dogs run the fastest. Also, I'm going to celebrate. um, (laughs) Don't feed the receivers. (laughs) Don't feed them. I'm going to celebrate Sean Payton as a brilliant strategy to land Caleb Williams. I don't think my mental health can withstand the alternative. Keep the faith, Arvada Luke. Yeah, you got to have a mix between dogs and divas. I think you need one or two dogs, but you need some divas too. Divas are the ones that create the big plays. Yep. You know, and I think the dogs are the ones um, that allow for your divas to do what they want to do. Yeah. Like you have you need the dog to go in there and run block uh, for a, for a toss crack, but you need the diva to yep. go on the other side. You're not gonna put Justin Jefferson in that toss crack blocking, yep. but you need him on the other mm-hmm. side. That if you were running like a double pass, now Justin's wide open. You know, I think you need both. Yeah, and you know yeah. how you know how Coach Prime does the uh, D for dog on the jersey dogs and L for and leader. Yeah, maybe they need dogs and divas. <laughs> just spell it out. <laughs> Have on someone's jersey. Wow. Just say diva. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Like I just start covering it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They'll probably embrace it though if it's turned into big plays left and right. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> oh man, that's gonna do it. Two losses in a five-day period, and we made it through. And we'll follow if the Broncos are going to lose any of their players in the coming days. You know we'll be right here for it. I don't expect any moves to be made this weekend, but we'll be here if they do. So make sure to stay tuned to DNVR YouTube. Subscribe to our podcast as well. Hit us with a thumbs up on your way out. And we really appreciate everyone who's rocking and rolling with us through the worst season we've ever seen since this company's been around. So we really appreciate all the support. And we will see you guys on Monday, 11 a.m.
I'll take 